Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And on today's special episode of the podcast, we're going with the Christmas theme, and I'm actually joined in studio with my co-host, Pat, who just randomly decided he was taking a trip down here this week and so gave us the chance to record. How are you doing, Pat? Not bad. I guess it's going to be our normal format in the near future. That's right. You're going to be back here in Ohio for good, uh, what, in the new year, pretty much? Yeah, starting January. All right. Well, that make it a little bit easier to record, considering our audio issues last week. No doubt. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's great to have you back, and it's uh, great to actually record in person together. Um, so on today's episode, we're going to be talking a bunch of uh, Christmas-themed stuff. We're Going to do a review of the Disney Plus original, Noel, And then um, Pat and I both have a list of uh, 12 Christmas films that we feel like are uh, essential for the holiday uh, viewing schedule. And uh, we have some a list of non-traditional uh, Christmas films as well. And we've asked you guys uh, in the audience and on Twitter... What are some of your favorites and uh, some of your not favorite non-traditional movies during this time of year? I'm sure there'll be a little bit of overlap uh, as you know we all love these movies in this time of year. But um, I'm looking forward to going through it. And we got such a lovely uh, response and outpour from people on Twitter 
I'd love to credit everybody that uh, contributed, but there were a bunch. Um, so we're going to go ahead and uh, play the trailer for Noel, and then we'll discuss the film. Oh, well, then my Christmas wish has been granted. Christmas runs in my family. My dad was Santa, and now it's my brother Nick's turn to wear the hat. Stocking full of coal if I've ever seen one. He saved a kitten from a tree. Some nice. These are my yogurt pants. No, no, yoga pants. I love yogurt pants. Now we're facing reindeer. I said take the weekend! Nobody listens to me! Don't do that. Please. Wow. That's a big deal in here. All right, so Noelle is... uh, I think it was Disney Plus's first uh, original movie that they released for the streaming service. It launched when the service launched. And the basic premise of it is Santa's daughter finds herself having to take over the family business when her father retires and her brother, who is supposed to inherit the role of Santa, gets cold feet. Um, so I didn't know what to really expect from this movie you don't really know what type of quality you're going to get when uh, the streaming services do their own version of their own. They have their own studios and they release their own movies. They finance it themselves. Um, but having Anna Kendrick, who, as Pat knows, I'm a huge fan of, um, and I love Bill Hader, I was pretty much in for, for that just because of these two actors. And I think um, overall it, it works pretty well. Um, there are some things that I won't discuss that I think kind of hurts the movie for me personally. Uh, but that's just because of 
who I am and what I'm tuned into outside of the the film industry and just kind of the general world. But uh, I think as a, a Christmas movie, it's very serviceable. Um, it's definitely kind of got the same nice uh, tone of the Christmas Chronicles that Netflix released last year. Um, you know, where it kind of hurts budget wise, of course, is in the special effects. Some of it looks fine, but like snow cone, the, the reindeer is just definitely CGI. Like it, it's cute and it, and it works for the movie that it is, but, um, you can just tell that this is not something that a major studio has, has kind of put their budget behind. And, uh, but you know, with that story, it's one we've seen before something with Santa, you know, going missing or not wanting to do the job and someone trying to kind of convince him to come back. Um, I think there's a lot of good, um, character work. There's a lot of fun. It's very lighthearted. Um, it's not taking itself too seriously, but also trying to be just a very jolly film for like lack of a better term. Um, as of right now, that's about all I've got to kind of say, Pat, do you have anything you want to kind of talk about? Yeah, I, I think that a lot of the, like you said, a lot of the themes that we've seen before, and I think that a lot of the humor that they got uh, kind of stems from, like, Elf yeah, and a yeah. few other uh, films. But, like, very specifically, it, it goes into, like, they're from the North Pole, they don't leave the North Pole, kind of like Buddy the Elf. Yeah. And you, you get that feeling where it's like, that's, taken right out of the page like they just stole it <laughs> but like it, it did work you just can't get that out of your head once you're already thinking that right and and one thing they they kind of at least deviate a little bit from elf elf uh is going to phoenix uh arizona or at least in arizona and having now not being acclimated to the hot weather at least that throws a little bit different whereas like when buddy goes to new york it's still winter it's cold so he doesn't really notice a change in the temperature but it's still very similar similar storylines especially like the the fruit spray scene in elf yeah they, they have it with anna kendrick's character noel like basically eating sunscreen. So, I mean, it's like, you can't really like say that that's an original idea. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, there's like a lot, a lot of those uh, similarities. You have a kid that kind of believes and then, you know, a a father who doesn't, Um, but at least that, you know, it it is changed up a little bit different setting, a little bit different on the storyline where it's whereas, you know, it's it's a instead of Buddy trying to find his Buddy's trying to find his family in Elf. Uh, this is the line of of Santa's and trying to keep that tradition alive. So it's searching to find Santa to bring him back to continue the tradition. So it's a little a little bit different, but there are a lot of similarities. Um, I I feel like Bill Hader was underused a lot in this. Um, he only has a little bit in the beginning and then you're going about halfway through the movie before he finally shows up again. And then even when he shows up again, he kind of plays a back role, uh, to Anna Kendrick, which is not a fault of anything really of the movie. I, uh, Anna Kendrick is the star of this and, and she should be, and she owns the screen. I mean, you're captivated by her performance. Uh, it's a very Anna Kendrick performance. That is one of the reasons why I like her so much. Uh, she's got that kind of cute, adorable, uh, you can't help but like her, 
uh, persona. And, and in fact, like that's how a lot of the characters interact with her in the movie. Even when, uh, you have the, uh, like, uh, strip mall manager who's like, you know, wanting to have a date with this one guy, but then she's also upset because they just crashed a sleigh into the, into the mall and figuring out how they're going to charge, you know, them or how they're going to pay back for damages. And Anna just kind of popping in there and doing what she does and everyone just kind of liking her. And then you've got the PI and his family, uh, issues that she kind of inserts herself into. Um, now I don't want to go into anything that might spoil the movie if anyone hasn't seen it, but I, I did like um, one scene in particular that I really liked was when they're at uh, a, it's not necessarily a women's shelter, but it's kind of like a homeless shelter, but not everyone's there. It's like homeless, homeless, like not what you see like out in San Francisco or maybe in New York, but uh, she is talking to a, a deaf girl and her mom and uh, she before talking to her, doesn't know how to sign. And then when the deaf girl is signing to her, she's responding obviously with dialogue, but also signing and then not knowing like how she knew how to do that. Obviously it gets explained later on in the movie, but I I like that interaction. Um, And that's one thing I've liked seeing in a lot of recent um, programming uh, or films or shows. And it's actually made me more interested in trying to learn uh, American sign language uh, that we're seeing a lot of characters that are are deaf or they they sign and uh, it's it's added a different facet to some of these shows and movies. So it was a little aspect of this I liked. Um, I, I know that you said that she was like a really likable character, but like at the very beginning of the movie, it's yeah. a scene where she comes off just so catty that it's like, Oh, I, I didn't think at that moment that I was going to make it all the way through the movie, <laughs> but I did bear through. Well, you know, that's also true. Uh, I, I might might get that a little bit wrong. That's more of like what she becomes later on through the movie, because when she starts out the film, she's very spoiled. She's used to a lavish lifestyle, uh, you know, everyone giving her whatever she wants, not having to do her own laundry, not having to do her own cooking. Uh, but once Nick leaves and everyone blames her for him leaving and, uh, the cousin Gabe played by Billy Eichner, who I thought did a really good job in this as well. Um, then she started starts having to do for herself. And then once she gets to Phoenix, uh, it's her actually, you know, again, out of water, people aren't just going to be willing to do anything for her and learning how to actually fend for herself, which Shirley MacLaine, who plays her kind of elf nanny has been trying to get that message across through her for her entire life. And, and that's one thing I, I did like is it is a personal growth journey of a movie. It's it's her starting out as that kind of catty, selfish, it's me, 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 even though she's the daughter of Santa, to more of an altruistic, like, okay, and also go get her, like, I can do this myself. Um, and, and that also because she reaches a moment of self-doubt later in the film and her perseverance through it is rewarded later on at the end without giving anything away. Um, what did you think of Billy Eichner as, as Gabe, the cousin? You know, I, I liked his, cause they needed him to be the bad guy. Yeah. And I, I think that the way that they portrayed it was very good for like a modern age where he's trying to basically cut down the numbers of good kids and then like turn it into a, uh. Like Amazon. Am- Amazon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I, I think that that was very fitting. Yeah. Um, and I think that he 
played the role well because he's just like he's the IT guy yeah. for Santa and as you heard in the trailer and he was he was he did not want to be Santa <laughs> right so when he be, finally does get the role he's kind of like uh you know what let's cut it right like and and thousand good kids in and one of the things is like he's a bad guy but he's not a bad guy in the traditional sense he's not doing this out of any form of malice it's just like he's looking at it from an it perspective oh well if uh you know we use these metrics and these algorithms okay it cuts the numbers down to like oh there's only two thousand really good kids and then we can use drones and and stuff to deliver packages and that way we don't have to worry about reindeer being out there and whatnot um so yeah and it was it, it was really funny, and I thought he did a, a, a really good job. I enjoyed it. I don't think he got enough screen time, too. Uh, again, it's very focused on Anna Kendrick, uh, and I don't mean that to be a negative at all, but uh, it was those moments where they really shined, and like I wanted to see more of them on screen that we didn't quite get. Uh, I did also like that the the gavel that the Council of Elves use as a, as a peppermint, and every time it cracks, the one elf is like grabbing the pieces so he can shove it in his mouth. And it, was, it was pretty common. Yeah. Um, now, there was one moment. I don't know if you caught this. This near the end. And again, without giving any spoilers away, I won't give the context of the scene. But one of the elves is not having what they're what they're proposing. And as Anna Kendrick is making her case, uh, if you notice on the, uh, well, maybe it wasn't Anna Kendrick or maybe it was her mom. Someone's making the, the case for what they're proposing. And he is just staring off camera the entire time for this scene. Like, I don't know if that was intentional or if he didn't realize like the camera was focused on center and he wasn't looking in the right place, but it threw me off. Like I'm watching, I'm going, dude, like, at least look at her. I, I didn't catch that at all. <laughs> I don't know why I did because it was like, it was really weird because it was the moment like they're, they're having the exchange and he just turns his head and like, Oh, I'm not going to listen to you. But then the camera shifts and it's on center. And so you see all the council of elves in the background and her in the front foreground. And he's just still got his head turned off. And I'm like, okay. Like <laughs> different, it, completely different shot. Yeah. And it took, it took like, two minutes through the scene before he finally shifted his head. And I'm like, what, what, what were you staring at? Like, did something keep your attention? Um, but yeah, overall I, I did enjoy it. I had some personal issues with it, but I, I don't see like a, a, a widespread audience that that's watching it to necessarily have that same reaction unless they're in tune to the things that like I, I pay attention to or that I, I do outside of, of film. Um, but I, I still liked it. I still enjoyed it. It's probably about better than your average Hallmark, uh, Christmas time movie or lifetime, uh, Christmas movie, or even a Netflix one. I mean, I'd say it's biggest contender is Christmas Chronicles because I really enjoyed that last year from Netflix. Uh, and I'm excited that they're doing a sequel to it for next year. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing if, uh, Disney sees a nice return on it. Cause I, it's weird now that it's a streaming service and so they don't get a box office return. It's going to be more in subscription. Uh, so they have to pay the actors, I think up front and everything because there's no back end. It's going to be interesting to see how this really is deemed successful by Disney. So, um, I think as a review score, um, I'm going to land on a 3.5 out of 5. It would normally be a 4 if I didn't have some of these 
personal things with it, but uh, I still would say check it out. I think kids would enjoy it. I think a family would enjoy it if they haven't seen it and they need a Christmas movie to watch. I'm going to land on a three out of five. I don't think it's going to be one that I'll revisit personally. Yeah. Uh, I do think that, like I said, a lot of the themes were copied from miscellaneous other or or Christmas miscellaneous Christmas films. Um, now that would be interesting if they incorporated horror elements into it. That would make it a completely different movie. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, a reindeer. I don't know, running rampant in in uh, New Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I just think that it did like it. It showed her too much. It didn't. <clears throat> sorry, it didn't show the side characters enough, and I think that. If, if it had done that, it might have been a little bit stronger. Yeah, it would have felt more balanced out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I think it's three out of five is where I'm going to land on that. All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, we were going to have another one we were going to review, but we uh, just did not have time to get down to watch it. So we will review that uh, at another time. Uh, we're going to go into our top 12 Christmas films to watch during the Christmas season. And I'm going to turn it over to you and let you go through your list first. Now, as we go through, we're going to probably have a little discussion of, of each film, just nothing review wise, but just what we like about it and, uh, you know, and other things that go on into it. So, all right, what's your number? Well, well, depending on where you start, are you starting at 12 or are you starting at one? Uh, so I, my list, <clears throat> my list is not exactly in any particular order. But I'll I'll start at where I what I have as twelve okay. on the list, uh, and what I have as twelve is uh, Die Hard. Yeah, that's well, it's funny because that's that's twelve on my list as well. <laughs> Which some people may say is not a Christmas film, but I think that it it is. It's a Christmas film. I I think uh, even the is it the director. Uh, recently, not that long ago, came out and said it is a Christmas movie. I think it's widespread amongst diehard fans that it's a Christmas film. Um, I mean, not just because That's it's diehard fans, diehard, diehard <laughs> fans, uh, that they, uh, you know, it's, it takes place at Christmas. The reason he's coming back home or well, or at least, uh, coming out to California is because his family's out there. Uh, they're there to celebrate. It's him trying to get back with his wife or, you know, to kind of end their separation. They're, trial separation a little bit, um, you know, and try to patch things up for the Christmas season that, yeah, I think it, I think it qualifies now. Granted, not every Christmas does a, a building that your wife works at get taken over by a terrorist or, or robbers, but, uh, you know, it just so happens and ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, next on the list, I got uh, Rudolph the red nose reindeer. Okay. Um, I mean, it's just yeah, it's just classic. Classic, yeah. yeah. It's it's one that you can always turn on. Kids like it, and it's it's always good and like a background. And and the uh, the animation style. I I myself am a fan of the old kind of traditional. It's not claymation, but it's stop motion. Yeah. Uh, and I I liked. I watched a bunch of those, uh, and you know I remember like Mr. Heat Miser, and then there's um, the Year Without Santa Claus. Um, there, there's a lot of good ones that they, cause it's, it's not an animation type you see anymore nowadays. So I, I would kind of like to see more of that. So yeah, absolutely. Next at number 10, we got Muppets Christmas Carol. It's a classic. So you get, you get the Christmas Carol story 
with the Muppets, yeah, and then Michael Caine, right? Screwed, and, and it's it's also uh, it's it's done very well. Like, I mean, they're they're not even like really like it's not Kermit, it's Bob Cratchit. Like, they they keep the names. It's just that they are you know the Muppet characters, and uh, I think having Michael Caine in there elevates it too. Yeah. Uh, at number nine, we have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay, yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's everyone was quoting that the this past week at, at work. Oh, I, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> and and like it, it's a it's another classic. You got Chevy Chase. Yeah, it, it's humorous, and I, and I think the humor does sort of hold up if you're into that type of thing. Absolutely. Uh, number eight, this might actually be my, one of my favorite ones, and I'll probably get some shit for it, but <laughs> I, I really enjoy the Polar Express. Okay. See, no, I don't think I've actually seen, like, I've read the book, uh, but I've never seen the, the Tom Hanks, uh, you know, computer-generated one. Uh, so tell me a little bit about it since I haven't seen it. I mean... You put me on the spot. Okay. Well. Okay. <laughs> sorry. And, uh, but I mean, like, wh- what what is it about it that really likes sh- that you like about it? I, I really like the animation okay. style, and I mean, it's just one of those good. Um, those, it's like a good, like, feel good yeah. Christmas movie. Um, and and like the music too, it's really good too. The score is nice. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that it's one that I would always go back and watch. And it's been a like. <laughs> a while since I've seen it. It's been a while since I've seen most Christmas. Oh, it's the same here. Same here. I I do need to start getting back into them. Yeah. No. It's, so there's a, there's only a, a a slight few uh, even on my list that I try to make sure I watch every year. So that, yeah, that I know I know sense. that feeling. Uh, this is one that I do that I definitely haven't seen in a while at number seven. I got the Santa Claus. Yeah. That's been a while for me on that one too. Which I mean, you got Tim Allen. Yeah. Like it's just, except he kills Santa. He does in fact kill Santa. So that might also be a horror movie. (laughs) Just, just a, well, a horror movie for children, uh, more, more likely. (laughs) And, And then someone having to pay for their crime, obviously. Yes. Uh, Number six, we got Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a very, very personal favorite of mine. Uh, Obviously, it'll be on my list as well. Uh, Now, I think one of the things that I didn't understand about that movie as a child, because it's always branded as Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas, Mm -hmm. was that he didn't actually direct it. Now, it's his story, but uh, it's a different, you know, actual director. But again, it's one of those movies that it actually can double down. It can be a good Halloween movie and it could be a good Christmas movie. And I am not one who will say it's either or. Um, and I, I just, I know I always would love watching it as a kid on VHS. Um, I finally just recently got it on Blu-ray. I think it was like last year or two years ago. Uh, again, it's that stop motion animation style. Uh, it's got a, a fantastic score. It's fantastic, uh, songs, that yeah, you you can't go wrong there. That and like as a kid, it does have like those horror aspects yeah, that yeah. you can kind of be scared of if you're like a really young kid, you know. And then you get the kind of nice moments at the end. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, number five, we got the Grinch, which uh, I'm gonna clarify that it is the animated Grinch. Not okay, not the Jim Carrey. Yeah. Okay. Definitely not the Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> someone, uh, someone, uh, so someone who wrote in there, theirs might uh, disagree with you. So, <laughs> um, who who does the 
the narration. Boris Karloff does the narr- narration for the original. Really, I th- his voice. Like, yeah, it's one that you can always like kind of hear in your head when you're. <laughs> uh, absolutely, and, and that, that's uh, you know that is one too that definitely. Um, it's always around and it always sticks in your head and uh, you just need one little thing and your your mind can immediately bring the picture in. Yeah. Uh, I got Elf at number four. I mean... It's what, classic. There's yeah. not much you can say about Elf, you know. I mean... It, it, it just... Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. Itself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably probably Will Fer- one of Will Ferrell's best works. It's probably... Yeah. I, I would say that it gets him out of his, like... Gets it, him out of his... Uh, maybe his... Not, not raunchy comedy, but maybe the SNL type humor. Yeah. And really shows that he has more range. Like uh, a movie that I, I really like, uh, not non-Christmas related, but that uh, is also one that kind of has him deviate from that norm is Stranger Than Fiction. And I think if you pair Elf and Stranger Than Fiction as two different uh, levels of spectrum of his performance, that shows his complete range. I would say that along with what's what's the other one where he his wife leaves him and he's just like everything must go. Uh, everything must go. Yes, it's another one. Yeah, that shows his his better. actual range other than being an SNL guy. Exactly. Anyway, getting back on track at number three, I have Charlie Brown Christmas. Of course. Uh, I mean, yeah. Again, that's not much you could classic. say about that one, right? Uh, number two, I have Home Alone. Okay. Okay. And I, I think that more recently, Macaulay Culkin's gotten back into, like, doing little cameos where he's, like, doing... The Google Assistant uh, commercials from last year. Yeah, yeah those were fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, of course, and this is funny, too, when you when you look at it, uh, I've, I've seen some uh, fantastic, you know, fan, fan theories um, that he is actually Jigsaw. Uh, from the Saw franchise grown up because of all these elaborate traps and plans and actually could almost kill people. (laughs) So we never knew it was Kevin McAllister all along. It it might, it might've been. And then at number one, I have a Christmas story. Okay. And just, don't Again, yeah, just you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Uh, yeah, that's one that um, I I always we would watch it in school from time to time, but it never felt like uh, I fully understood it, nor did I seem like I got to watch it enough until I finally bought it a couple of years ago, and now it's definitely one I put in in heavy rotation. Like I'd seen enough to get all the references and stuff like that, but I don't think I ever fully enjoyed it until my adult years where. A lot of it more makes more sense to me now and, and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's definitely uh, one up there uh, for me as well. In fact, you know, uh, we'll we'll get moving into my list then. Now we'll have some repeats uh, and one might be considered a cheat, but uh, I, I don't think it will be. Uh, but at number 12, of course, I had Die Hard. I don't think we have any much else to say on that. <laughs> um, my number 11 is It's a Wonderful Life um, because it's just you know, very good, wholesome Christmas movie. Uh, in fact, my, one of my friends from the movie theaters, uh, when I worked at the movie theater, she, uh, was in, a you know, um, a play at school for it. And it was really nice to see her. And it's kind of one of those things of just realizing not to take what you have for granted and, and the impact you have on people's lives. Um, 
So number 10, and I don't know how familiar you are with this one, but Babes in Toyland with Loyal and Hardy. Not familiar with okay. at all. I love Laurel and Hardy. Um, they are very much like Abbott and Costello. And when they're, because uh, I think there is different versions of Babes in Toyland, but their version of it's just, it's funny. And it's just, again, it's one of those wholesome old black and white movies. They do have a colorized version of it. And it's it's just fun because they're just two crazy characters and, and they're getting their antics and, and just it's been a while, so I'm, I blank out a little bit on it. But I always remember whenever it would be on TV or we'd have it on, um, I, I just couldn't help myself but watch it and have a good time. Uh, moving on to number nine is Muppet Christmas Carol. So, again, all the stuff we've talked about before. Classic. Classic. Pretty much classic. <laughs> Anyone who says that, they, that Muppet Christmas Carol is not a good film, uh, I can't trust them. Can't can't trust them. They're they're not real people. Uh, they don't have a heart. Um, okay, and number eight, I have Ernest Saves Christmas. This was another one. I was always a big Ernest uh, fan. I don't know if you were. No, not no. at all. Uh, I always loved Ernest Scared Stupid. Uh, they did a whole bunch of them. Like Ernest goes to jail. Ernest goes to. Was there one where he go? I think there was one where he went to Africa, but they did a whole bunch of them. And, and but Ernest Saves Christmas again. It's like one of those ones, uh, kind of in theme uh, with Noel, like Santa's looking for uh, someone to take on his his job. Uh, he's retiring, and Ernest just happens to be the only person that believes he's Santa and helping find that replacement. And I remember one of the scenes that always sticks out for me is the two guys that are always in all the Ernest movies. Uh, the reindeer get out cause they are, they've been shipped by, uh, airplane and they're in like the cargo warehouse of, uh, the airport and the reindeer are just like walking on top of the ceilings and the guys are just like, what, what is going on? So it's, it's just one of my ones I love uh, as well. Um, at number seven is nightmare before Christmas again, just good classic one and i always love the ending um and then uh number six is elf not much else we got to say about that uh number five this might be considered my cheat because i do have the other one in my list home alone 2 uh lost in new york um I'm I'm a little bit on the fence because of considering how important home alone is to my family i i kind of always find home alone 2 a little bit better because it's more of Kevin being outside of his natural habitat. Like it's not anywhere he actually knows. And his family's all the way down in like Florida and he's in New York and doesn't have a place to like really stay. And he just manages to con his way into the, you know, the fancy hotel. Um, and it's just, then, you know, you get that whole kind of final sequence uh, of him trying to get away from Marv and Harry. And it's just, it's another good one. And of course you get the, re, uh, you know, they reunite at the end and everything and it just, just works. Um, number four is the Santa Claus. So, you know, that one matches up. Uh, number three was a Christmas story. We've already talked about that. Um, so number two, and I, I guess I have to ask you this because I'm, I'm surprised it didn't make it on, on your list. Scrooged. I've actually never seen Scrooged. Okay, well, I need to fix that at some point, and you know, you have access to be able to watch it now, so there won't be any excuse. Scrooged is again like it's Bill Murray being Bill Murray, 
but it's so fantastic. And uh, you have Bobcat Goldwaith in there. And I was actually talking with a coworker uh, recently about one of my favorite scenes is because uh, he's a TV executive and all it's about is he's pretty much Scrooge, but uh, and it's pretty much that whole same story. It's just more updated for a modern time uh, and uh, more comedic. Uh, but he they're showing him like the promos that they have for the Christmas programming and they're doing a uh, live version of a Christmas Carol and um, he shows them his cut of an ad and it's like this most dark drastic like blood murder everyone's going to die so you might as well stay inside and watch you know christmas carol on this network and bobcat goldwaith like at the end of it because he's kind of the bob cratchit character in the movie it's like you know sir i think uh, and i can't do a bobcat goldwaith impersonation so oh sorry if, if you were hoping i would uh he goes, you know, sir, I think I think you need to work on that. And, you know, Bill Murray goes, OK, well, what, what's wrong? And he goes, well, I think you can cut out, you know, the blood, the murder, the, the drugs and just, you know, do the Christmas Carol part. And he's like, oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I never knew that. I wish somebody would have told me that sooner. And, you know, and he thanks him and Mary and uh, Bobcat Goldwaith says Merry Christmas. And he walks out the door and immediately he, you know, does the gets his assistant and goes, yeah, get all the stuff in a box and, and, and he's done. And, and he's looking out at the telescope while he's Bobcat Goldwaith sitting out in the street just talking to himself and the security guards are dropping off the his desk stuff from in boxes. And uh, it's just a funny scene altogether. But it, it's got a really creepy moment with the ghost of... Um, uh, the ghost from the future, uh, when he opens up the robe, there's like all these like moving things on the inside, but it, it's one you have to watch. Uh, and since my coworker, uh, loves this, uh, favorite line is bitch hit me with a toaster. <laughs> so I'll definitely have to get around. Yeah. I, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and then my number one, and this is because this is our family's tradition Every year, uh, if we do it on, we normally, when we were all younger and before some of us got married and had kids, it was every Christmas Eve. Now we do it whenever we're doing Christmas. Sometimes we do Christmas Eve or we do it on Christmas Day. Um, we watch Home Alone. So it is just the one, I don't remember a time where we've never watched it or I don't even know when we started watching it. It's just been our tradition throughout the years and, uh, yeah, so that's that's my list. We had a lot of similarities, but we had some that uh, you know weren't weren't on each other's lists. Uh, as for some non traditional ones, what what do you got? I think we I, I got six. Uh, it doesn't matter how many yeah, you I, have. I, I got six of them, and uh, like I said, I'll start with number six. Uh, so number six, I got holidays, like, but just obviously just the Christmas short from it. Right, and that was the the Seth Green one, right? Where he's getting like the VR goggles or something like that. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that it was it was a nice little like creepy little horror trying to get toys. Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. And then at the end it kind of has that twist. Right. Um at number 5 I have Batman Returns. Uh, absolutely. I mean, how can you not? Yep, and I mean, another Tim Burton one for, for these <laughs> lists. Um, number four, and like I said, these are really not in any particular order. Right. But number four, I got Christmas Horror Story. Okay. And I think that that's probably one of the, like, the strongest. Oh, absolutely. Films. I would agree. 
Uh, number three, I got Gremlins. Okay. And then number two, Black Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Nice I... classic. The original. We'll, we'll we'll preface that. Uh, we have, we both have not seen the new one. Uh, I have seen the other remake uh, and the original, and but you've only seen the original, correct? correct. Yeah, so the original, definitely. And definitely. I, I think it just as like a slasher, it was really well done. Very good slasher. Very Especially, good slasher. What was that, like 74? Uh, it's definitely, I know, I think it might have even been pre-Halloween. Um, I am looking it up here as we as we talk. Um Let's see. It is 1974. Yeah, good call. Um, but I, I do believe it. I want to say it did come out before Halloween, but it might have come out after Halloween. But uh, yeah, no, it was before Halloween because Halloween would have been uh, 78. So yeah. yeah, a little bit later in the yeah. decade. And then to top off the non-traditional list for me, I got uh, the South Park Mr. Hanky episode. <laughs> and I think that that's one that I I probably revisit every year. Really? Because, like, South Park is well, funny. South Park's and, one of the best shows ever. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's a nice, wholesome <laughs> Christmas episode. For, you say for wholesome with... Family. You're not saying wholesome <laughs> with a straight face. <laughs> it's great for the whole family. All right, so... Uh, with mine, yeah, obviously I, I've I've left some stuff off now that I think about it. Uh, Black Christmas didn't even make it on there, and that's one I do try to watch every year. Um, my number six is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang um, with Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. It's just one of those. It's I, I like uh, film noirs, and it's kind of more of a film noir dark comedy. And uh, you know, it's at Christmas time, and it's. It's just it's good. It's a good funny movie, especially when uh, they have to present that they're a gay couple, and and you know you can just see like Robert Downey Jr.'s character is like, oh no, I'm not really ready for this, and and Val Kilmer's character who is gay in the movie is like he didn't have any problem, and and they're doing it uh, to get out of a situation. So it was kind of just a, it's got a lot of funny moments. Good Shane Black uh, film uh, who, you know, went on to direct Iron Man three. So that's kind of why Iron Man three takes place at Christmas. Um, number five is Batman returns again. Cause you know, it's another Tim Burton one. It's good. It, I mean, the fact that it's, it's, it is really centered around family. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the Bruce's background of not, you know, his parents murder, Cobblepot wanting to kind of not just, not because he, he wants to know his family, but to, you know, take wealth and, and then pay it back on what his family did to him, to the children of Gotham. So it does have some small Christmas themes other than taking place at Christmas. My number four is better watch out. Um, that was a movie that blew me away when I watched it. Uh, I bought it on digital. I had only seen the trailer and I won't say much about it because I don't want any second spoiled for anyone who hasn't seen this movie. But I remember watching it, and when it does what it does for its like second act of the film, it, it blew me away. It, it absolutely blew me away. I thought everyone was fantastic in it. It had the uh, brother – well, they were brother and sister in The Visit, but they are uh, – you know, two different characters, of course, in this movie. But I hated the the brother in the visit. I thought he was very annoying and very frustrating. But I liked him a lot more in this one, and uh, I really liked. I think her name is Olivia 
DeJong. I might have that last name wrong, uh, but she was really good and she made for a great character. And, the, and then the the other boy, the main character, uh, I believe he was Pan and Pan. Um, he just his performance blew me away, especially with with where things go with that movie. And I was like, holy crap, like this is really good. Uh, so that's definitely one I try to make sure I watch about every Christmas. And then, of course, you got uh, uh, Patrick Warburton in there, who's always funny whenever you see him on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three is Santa Slay. Uh, I think you know why. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I like that, just that concept that um, Santa is the son of Satan who lost a bet to an angel and had to be good for a thousand years. And then on this particular Christmas, the deal is over. So it is just hell unleashed. And I also think that one of the funniest things about it too, is, uh, I believe everyone, uh, not everyone, but most of the people, like I believe the director, the writer, uh, Bill Goldberg, of course, um, everyone that worked on the film primarily was Jewish so it's a Jewish take on the Christmas season, and it's just it's just funny. Like it's not meant to be taken seriously at all as either a horror film or a Christmas movie. It's just something to really just laugh at and have a have a good time with it. Oh yeah. Um, my number two is Krampus. Uh, where Krampus kind of failed for me was I was expecting it to be a really good follow up to Trick or Treat, uh, since Trick or Treat is like my all time favorite Halloween film. Uh, I was really hoping Krampus would be that version, but the fact that it was a more linear story, it wasn't an anthology, um, kind of hurt it for me, but you had, you know, David Kickner, Adam Scott, um, Tony Collette, um, oh, who else am I, uh, Allison Tolman, uh, you had a lot of great actors in there and really great moments and like the gingerbread, uh, men being like really killer things. And then you have, of course, the really fat cousin who, you know, couldn't turn down a tree and then ends up getting taken up the chimney by Krampus. It was just, you know, it was still a really good movie. And I think it was something other though. I think though it was the league that introduced me to the idea of Krampus. Uh, it was nice to see Krampus kind of coming to the forefront of the culture and people learning about the history of Krampus existing. Yeah. And I mean, that one, that one didn't quite work for me. That yeah. Well, that's why it didn't make my list, but I, I see what you're right. I see what you're and see my number one, which I think was your number three or four, um, is a Christmas horror story because a Christmas horror story was what I wanted from Krampus. It was a horror anthology. Uh, it, it interwove its stories together really well. Now, not all the stories kind of work for me. I wasn't really a fan of the changeling one, uh, or the, um, the kids doing the paranormal investigation at the school. Like those didn't quite work for me, but I love the Santa versus the zombie elves. Uh, that one was probably the best. Uh, that one is definitely the best. Just considering how, when you get to the end, the revelation there. Uh, and I really liked the Krampus storyline with the family. Um, and was there one other? Am I missing? Um, we had the changeling, we had the, the kids, we had the Krampus and we had the, okay, I guess then dangerous Dan, who would be kind of our through line through the movie played by the great William Shatner is probably the best character in this entire film. And he does kind of tie the things together a lot, especially when, uh, if you're not paying uh, enough attention, 
he is the grandfather to the family that's going to visit the aunt and Krampus goes after him. Uh, but that movie it, it just it was everything I wanted Krampus to be. It is what I watch every Christmas Eve, as a, especially before I go to bed. Uh, it, it is fantastic. And it was one that I was just not, I don't think I had high expectations of it, especially with it not getting a theatrical release, uh, just straight to Blu-ray. I didn't know what I was going to get. And I loved every minute of it, even with the ones that didn't quite work for me. Uh, there's still things to enjoy about them. So that's, uh, that's our list now. I, I do have a honorable mention okay. for, for the non-traditional list, and it's the Always Sunny episode where basically Charlie is home alone, and it basically oh you through all of the... Where he <laughs> sets up all the traps and yes. everything, yes. And then eventually falls into all, all of himself. <laughs> Uh, and then he has to have the was it the two football players that come to his imagination for through his delirium. Yep. Yeah, that is that is a very good honorable mention. Um, all right, so you guys, uh, or at least people on Twitter, and I know uh, some other podcasts that um, I interact with on Twitter, they send in their uh, kind of favorite movies. So you'll hear a lot of repeats on here, but I've got them all written down, um, and. They're just going to be a mix. Some of them are going to be traditional. Some are going to be non-traditional. Uh, I know Christy uh, on Twitter, she f- said pretty much any of the Lifetime uh, Christmas movies. Or, yeah, I'm pretty sure she said Lifetime. Uh, so I don't know those movies, but Christy does, obviously. So I, I will give her uh, the, the credit on this. She did She did say they were cheesy. So, you know, <laughs> she, sure. she did admit that. Um, so we had, you know... Uh, and a lot of these were repeats from every other other people too. So you know, I'm not going to read them multiple times. But we had a miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, White Christmas, A Christmas Story, Elf, The Year Without a Santa Claus, Better Off Dead, which that's one I'm not familiar with. So I need to need do it. some research into that. Uh, Scrooge, Love Actually, uh, Christmas Vacation, Die Hard, Krampus, Bad Santa, which should have made it on one of my lists. Uh, Gremlins. Now, Ginger Dead Man, I don't remember that being a Christmas one. Uh, I, I have to go and rewatch that. I know I've, I've seen it. It's been a while, but I don't remember that being a Christmas one. But I'll, I'll include it on the list. That's from the uh, Cage Kiss podcast. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep it in there for them. Of course, Batman Returns. Fitzwillie's one I'm not familiar with. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas. The Santa Claus. Home Alone, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Night Before Christmas, Ernest Saves Christmas, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which was one I always kind of viewed as a Thanksgiving one, but I've seen that on a couple people's Christmas ones as well. Interesting. Um, but that's a, a regardless, it's a good movie either way. Um, then Muppet Christmas Carol, Long Kiss Goodnight, and then The Apocalypse, which is still on my list to watch. I, yeah, I need to watch that. it. Uh, I meant to get it watched in time for this episode, but I didn't. Uh, the Nutcracker, which my niece was just in a dance recital for The Nutcracker, so uh, that's definitely one that um, should have made my list, but I totally uh, blanked on it. Frosty the Snowman, Santa Slay, Arthur Christmas, Better Watch Out, Sleigh Bells, which is one I'm in process of watching. Uh, I've enjoyed it so far, but that has a Krampus kind of storyline to it as well. 
The Grinch, which was the Jim Carrey version, um, which you weren't a fan of. Not at all. Uh, I liked it. I saw it in theaters um, back when I was younger. I remember, I think we went with my aunt and uncle, uh, and it was my brother and I. I don't remember if my sister went with us. Uh, I, I liked it. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, so I can't say that my thoughts on it have changed. I'm pretty sure in my entire lifetime since it came out, I've only seen it twice Mm -hmm. and both of those were you know when i was a lot younger uh then of course shazam uh and iron man 3 being two superhero movies that take place at christmas but yeah one that i'm surprised wasn't mentioned uh jack frost well okay we got we gotta be uh clarifying on here which jack frost are you referring to the horror one okay because <laughs> uh, i was wondering if you were going with michael keaton's jack frost not quite no. uh you know what i will i will add both of those jack frost and jack frost 2 where they go to uh the um where do they go? They go to a tropical resort to be as far away as snow because the sheriff from the first one is so traumatized by snow now. And because of experiments that they did on the antifreeze melt of the uh, of Jack Frost from the first one, they've now made him immune to heat. So I, I they are awful movies. I will admit that. But I love them. I, I absolutely to get around them. to watching the second one. You haven't seen it? No. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, let's just say there is a particular scene where he has himself turned into an ice cube. Or at least a part of him has been turned into an ice cube. That's fantastic. I and, already assume where this is. And there is a photo shoot with a swimsuit model. And she takes the ice cube and is just running it along her chest. That's not where I thought the and, was going. And then there is, of course, dialogue added over over it where you're hearing what Jack is saying. Very intriguing scene. <laughs> I'll definitely have to get around to, to uh, watching I, it just because it does sound it, quite awful. It is. It is. It's. It's one of those movies where it's like. It's just so bad that I don't know how you can enjoy it. I know Crystal hates it. I I made her watch it last year for her Christmas episodes. And uh, she didn't. She did not like that. <laughs> well, I didn't force her watch it, but she strongly recommended. Yes, I strongly recommended it. She watched it, and she was not a fan. So makes sense. Uh, all right. Well, I think that is going to do it for this episode. Um, I don't have anything else to say. Do you? No, I, I think that'll wrap it up. All right. Well, we uh, here at the Critics Not Cynics podcast would like to wish everyone that's celebrating Christmas. A very Merry Christmas uh, and a very Happy New Year to those not celebrating Christmas. Happy Holidays. Uh, We hope you have a good time with your family and friends during this time. We are going to take a a little bit of a break uh, through the new year. Uh, We should be back about the second week of January, maybe the third week, uh, depending on uh, your schedule of getting everything kind of moved back to Ohio and seeing, you know, certain things at work, my work that are kind of in motion right now. Um, but we'll take a little bit of a break, uh, but we'll be back. We'll announce it on Twitter when our new episodes releasing. So, uh, we want to say thank you to everyone that's been listening and, uh, that has subscribed and left us reviews on, on iTunes. Um, we really appreciate it and we hope to bring you bigger and better things in the new year. So we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>